Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Hopefully, you're having a wonderful day. And I just hope that this episode makes it even better. We have the great tools and the right tools to get the job done. I'm excited to introduce today's host, uh, CEO of Hyper Social, Braden Wallach, joining us today. Braden, how are you doing? I am good, Ted. I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing good. It's a, it's a beautiful, gloomy, rainy day. Actually, the, the clouds are starting to open up, which... I'm not happy about because I did not forecast that. So hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I don't get some hate mail. But uh, the meteorologist just has to be so tough. You get it right like 99.9% of the time, but the, the tiny percent you get it wrong, that the whole world comes crashing down on you. Twitter, I feel like Twitter's always mad at you. Like, dude, you got yeah. this wrong. You're like, I got the rest of it right. And you didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> no one calls my phone when I'm right, but the Absolutely. one time I'm wrong, off the hooks. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make funny. sure that our audience has an opportunity to get introduced to you. I know we had a nice little warm-up chat beforehand. Why not introduce yourself really quick, tell the audience who you are, what you do, and then we can hop into some of the subject matter today. I think there's a lot of value coming out. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Braden, CEO of HyperSocial, like you said, coming out of Columbus, Ohio. Normally, I'm living in a van. Uh, we're taking a six-month hiatus before we get back on the road. Next plan is to head to Mexico. It's me, my girlfriend, my dog, who all work at HyperSocial. Emily, my girlfriend, runs the operations. My, my dog, we, he's our CFO. He's in charge of... He's our chief fund officer. We don't let him touch the finances. Um, <laughs> running right now a B2B marketing slash sales company. So working with anybody else who sells a business or, or a, ser a service or product to other businesses, we help them kind of find and create relationships with their ideal target audience. So um, when I'm not working, enjoying Star Wars or hiking or spike ball, uh, volleyball, soccer, trying to stay active, enjoying a lot of time in the sauna. Um, nice. So that's me. Well, me and my wife are going to be looking for volleyball partners because right outside of my new apartment complex, they play all the time and Good. we need some backup, but okay. amazing story. And I want to start with this. I hope you don't mind. I did some homework and I, I assume you're not hiding it because it's on your LinkedIn profile. But my question is, how does a five-time college dropout become a CEO of, of, of a business, a B2B business? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a fun, fun story. I got very too very different sets of parents. I've got my mom, my stepdad, very much the go to school, get a good job. You know, they followed that path. Then I have my dad and my stepmom who have been serial entrepreneurs my, my entire life. They just bought a golf course this year, their second golf course. They had a pizza shop and they've owned a gym and, and all kinds of things, a lot of real estate. So I've gotten to see both sides. So with both sides, I said, hey, I should, dare I say, give it the old college try. So went to Ohio State found ping pong, played ping pong for like 13 hours a day, 14 hours a day, um, didn't go to classes. So dropped out, went to try it again, found cards this time, you know, Euchre, Bidwist, Spades, did that for like 13, 14 hours a day. So a lot of back and forth. Finally got an offer at, for an internship at Disney World, uh, ended up actually getting fired from. Uh, and when I came back, I got diagnosed with ADHD. Like finally, I was thinking I was 21, 22 years old. 
after four times of, college, of going to college and, and dropping out each time, went to college again. It's like, all right, figure this out. I've got some, you know, amphetamines, uh, legal amphetamines, of course, that, you know, helped me improve. Went to school, got all A's, all B's. Everybody's like, whoa, Braden's actually smart. And I was like, yeah, I could have told you guys that a long time ago. Um, so along that way, though, I realized how much I don't follow the normal path of life. And I really like creating my own schedule. I really like, you know, working with people. I really like helping people. So I realized that the college path wasn't the way that I wanted to go. Started my business and here we are today. Man, I love that because I think it's the perfect story and example of, I kind of get like a rich dad, poor dad vibe from, from the two polarized parents, but also with your experiences and what so many listeners on the podcast go through is being a round peg, trying to fit in a square hole. And you just weren't made for that kind of lifestyle. I really can't say anything. I mean, I can say some bad things about college, but there's a lot of benefits to college for a lot of people. So I don't want to just be bashing college, but also I would caution folks that go to college without a plan, that go to college without an intention, because I think there's a lot of real world value and real world lessons that you can learn. And I'm going to actually give you two questions to kind of really kind of explore through what's the most important thing college taught you and what's the most important thing the real world has taught you and how do they both play in business today? Yeah, as as not a college person myself, I never will downplay the role of college on people because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are like, you know, fuck college and don't go to, you know, don't go to college. And like, it's, it's a waste of time. And I really think like college is great but never just go to college as your only source of learning, you know, learn from the real world, do self-education as well. That's where I've learned mostly everything. The biggest thing I learned from college was probably honestly, I would say I did like meet a lot of people and I did. So it wasn't in the college education space itself, but I did meet a lot of people who have been relationships for a long time. I took a couple of communications and public speaking. That's when I really knew that I wanted to do, as I wanted to be the kind of the face of the company as well. Like I, I didn't want to be kind of hidden. I, I wanted to kind of build my own personal brand too. I like speaking engagements, I like talking in front of people. So I guess that was kind of my first bit into learning that I really enjoyed sales. And the first thing the real world taught me was, or the, I guess the best thing the real world taught me was just that you really can start a business doing anything that, that you love. And I know that sounds like super cheesy, but not, I mean, not that like of all the things I love in the entire world is B2B marketing, my absolute favorite. Now it's up there on the list. I, I like soccer more. I would, I would pick soccer over it a lot of times and watching soccer a lot of times, but I have built myself a business where I can actually just take the afternoon off and watch the, you know, watch the Chelsea game, or I can, you know, even bring potential clients or whatever to local, you know, pro soccer games that we have going on. So I've kind of built a business that helps me live the life that I want to live kind of a cheesy lesson, but still there. But I love that lesson because I think it's a lesson so many of our listeners need to hear. It's it's also the reason kind of what we were talking about before in terms of I woke up at 1.45 this morning. It's 3 p.m. I haven't take, taken a nap. Why am I recording a podcast, right? And I said, well, because this is, this is the direction I'm going in. So many people that are listening right now, uh, whether they're stuck in a nine to five that they're not too happy about, whether they're graduating college or maybe they're in college thinking it's not for them. They're that round peg trying to fit in a square hole and they have a passion, something they enjoy doing, but they just don't know how to monetize it, turn it into a business. 
How did you hone in on that and, and create it into the life that you were able to live? Yeah, I would say it almost happened by accident. So in 2016, when I first started HyperSocial, I call it the old HyperSocial now. We did a lot with Instagram marketing. Right when I started that company, I was homeless. Like I just had a really awesome sales job, but spent all of that commission money like very quickly. I had an Audi and like bought way too much crap. And I was like, yeah, great. I'm living a good life. And I stopped doing that sales job because I was like, this is just too easy for me. Then I started HyperSocial. We did a lot with Instagram marketing first. I got an offer from a hotel in the Dominican to say, hey, if you want to come do marketing for us, we'll let you stay there for free. So that's what started my initial journeys. That's what really kicked off my appeal to, oh my gosh, I can build a business while I'm on the go. I don't have to just be in an office. I don't just have to kind of ruin my 20s and 30s to set myself up for riches when I'm 65 or 70. I can actually enjoy the journey now. I can I do a lot of hiking. I do a lot of soccer, a lot of playing. I basically, I'm either working, I'm playing, or I'm sleeping. And <laughs> I kind of just go the entire time, but it's let me... That was when I realized that I enjoyed traveling so much. I actually worked harder while I was traveling. My mindset was, I don't want to stop. I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose the palm trees. I don't want to lose the beach that I'm, that I'm you know, staying at. I don't want to lose the next adventure because I can't afford it. Because if I don't work hard, my business shuts down and that's my only source of income. I won't be able to keep on doing this. So I actually worked harder during the hours that I was working, stay more focused so that I could play harder in the, in the evenings and enjoy hikes and, and soccer and all that stuff. Man, that, that's amazing that you were so hyper-focused on that. Uh, and I want to touch on something you, you mentioned because I wanted to ask this specifically in terms of homeless to six figures, what did that take and what did that teach you about life and business? I saw that was the kind of the title of an article that was done on, on you. And you know, I imagine that's a stark journey. What was it like and, and what lessons could you teach some of us so we might not have to uh, you know, suffer the same consequences or make the same mistakes along the way? Yeah. Luckily enough, when I started the old hypersocial, when I was homeless, so I just got evicted, just got my body repossessed. I ended up buying like a $500 Kia Sorento or something off of a friend of mine. I ended up sleeping in that a lot of nights while hypersocial was getting started. Luckily, at the time, it was just me and my dog. My dog is very lenient. He doesn't, he doesn't, most dogs like care where they sleep. He doesn't, as long as he's like sleeping next to me, he's cool. So we slept a lot of nights in the car. I didn't have a lot of other expenses. I didn't have college debt, luckily, because I kept dropping out. Didn't have a lot of credit card debt. You know, a lot of that stuff didn't hit me. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a wife. I still don't have a wife. So I had none of that stuff. So I really, when I decided to start my own business, I jumped all the way in. It wasn't a, Hey, I'm going to work part-time keep my family taken care of, keep the roof over my head. So I was actually like, well, if I get rid of the roof over my head, that's you know 700 bucks a month that I get rid of. So I was kind of okay with getting evicted and building that that way. Yeah. That's perfect because I think there's so many different levels in life that we go through and you know, there's opportunity when we're young. And it seems like you knew what you wanted at that age in terms of like, oh, I could travel and fun. This is what I want. I can be transparent and honest. When I was 23, 24, and even up until my mid-20s, all I wanted to was to go to the city and party with my friends. And yeah. working nine to five fulfilled that. And I think so many of us have to get past a base desire of living for the weekend. It's kind of like in, ingrained in us. Ooh, once Friday comes around then I can have fun. But why do I have to sacrifice my Monday 
through Friday in order to have that. And it sounds like you were just, you kind of thought through that when you're like, why do I have to give up my twenties and thirties to build this awesome, fun life? I can do it right now. Have you always been the kind of person to jump head first and just go all in? Or I, I imagine there's certain things that you might be less uh, or you might be more risk adverse with or other things that you might be like, hey, let's just try it and, and see if it works. I actually had a conversation with my dad and my stepmom, the entrepreneur parents recently with Emily, my girlfriend, talking about how my dad is just like me. It's just a jump in and then my stepmom's there to just make it actually happen all the stuff that he's jumping into so with anything and everything i'm either all in or i'm all out i don't really believe in doing anything halfway so every time i pick up a new hobby so i just got into mountain biking as of last year had to buy myself a really nice mountain bike you know just fifteen hundred dollars used off the, off the used market which is you know, like a three thousand dollar mountain bike i was like i have to go all the way in uh started recently now that i'm home soccer training again had to pick up you know the nicest soccer training stuff and just like all the way in because i'm not going to do it halfway i don't i don't want to get a decent soccer ball, but it not really be what I need to, you know, keep on training the best that I can. I don't want to get a decent mountain bike because I'm not going to enjoy mountain biking as much. So I'm not really determining whether I love it and will love it if I get a, you know, a better vehicle for it. So in business, in travel, in buying that van, that van was a six month process and I had to, you know, poke and prod at the at my girlfriend to kind of make it happen. But it's like a, Hey, we're going all in on van life. We're not going to do the RVs on the weekends. No, we're, we're going to go live in the van. We're going to go live. We're going to go travel and it's going to be all the way there. So definitely how I live my life is a hundred percent in or a hundred percent out. Yeah. I love that. I, I wrote it all in, all out, like just, just go all in and go for it because I think so many times we, we fail because we didn't commit a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And usually the lack of that commitment is where the failure happens, but and I hear this so many times when people ask like, well, what if I commit and then I don't like it? Have you ever done that? Like, have you ever committed to something? You're like, whoa, nope, nope. Uh-uh. I, you bought this mountain bike. You got on the mountain. You have the best gear and the best instructor. You go on the run. You're like, not for me. Do you ever have that happen to you? And how do you handle that? Because I think people are so quick to focus on the economic loss there, right? Or I lost the money or I lost the time or, yeah. or whatnot. But how do you handle committing to something that either doesn't pan out or you might realize oh, you didn't like it? Yeah. So there's kind of two forms of loss there, right? Like you said, there's either time loss, which is extremely valuable and there's money loss. Now money comes and goes. And also if you need a physical object to be able to do the thing that you want to get into, there's a used market for everything. So I used to buy and sell cell phones on the side, making like a hundred bucks a day profit. So I, I figured out that there is a market for everything. If I, six months later, I, I kind of price it out and said, I'm waiting for the right deal on the mountain bike. So if I don't like it, like in six months or a year, I'll at least be able to sell it back for almost what it's worth. So then I'm losing so much less instead of going in and buying something new, even though I'm buying an expensive mountain bike, I'm buying it over the top mountain bike. I wait for the good deal. I do a lot of research so that when I buy it, if I don't like it, I can sell it and I'm not that much out that way. Mm. On the other side, the time, well, if our time isn't spent towards learning new things, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> otherwise we're spending time watching Netflix. No one ever regrets, no one ever seems to regret the time they spent watching Netflix, you know, unless you've been something the entire weekend. We spend hours and hours and I'm a Netflix guy, so I'm not, putting that down. But if my time is spent learning something and trying something new, I'm going to learn a lot more about myself. I'm going to learn a lot more about the things I do like. I'm going to learn more about not about the things I don't like along the way, what things make me tick, 
how do I get from my emotions? There's a lot of lessons to be learned when we're constantly trying to improve ourselves and take ourselves to that next level. Yeah. I think that's really kind of, I mean, for me, that's where my, I don't want to say purpose, but where my fulfillment has been found was, I mean, I end every post on, on social with let's grow because I'm focused on, okay, how can I be 1% better, a little bit better, learn something new. These conversations, every time I record a podcast, I walk away with, huh, like I learned something. And and that's kind of what the purpose of this is. So the purpose of life too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. How do we make it bigger than us? And how do we, yeah, exactly. What are we doing? Um, dead man walking. Yeah. (laughs) Was that saying they, they mentioned, um, you know, so many people live to, to 65, but they've been dead since they they're were 25. Dead since they're 30. Yeah. 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 Um, what would you say to someone who's listening right now and they're kind of looking around and they're like, okay, I've been working the same job for four or five years. The benefits are good. It's comfortable. I have my house, my mortgage. They might have a little bit more to risk, but they're, they're just kind of in an autopilot and they want to break that psyche. What, what's the first thing you tell them to do to kind of like break out of that autopilot and, and grab, grab the joystick and start doing some cartwheels, man? Yeah. I love adrenaline, love roller coasters, love jumping out of planes, love mountain biking. When I, when I mountain bike, I'm never really in control of the bike. It's just me basically just like preventing crash after crash after crash. Like that's the way I get down the entire mountain. It's like, oh, almost crashed there. Okay, almost crashed there. That's, that's how I enjoy it the most. That's when you're going to pump it. Find the things that make you tick like that and make you want to wake up at a 145, make you want to wake up early, make it so you don't have to set an alarm because you're so excited about it that day. Find those things, whether that, you know, there's lots of apps for it. There's plenty of trainings, you know, online. You can use Udemy to like find something new that you're interested in. Just I've spent so much money on learning things just like, hey, here's, you know, 500 bucks for this course. Here's a hundred bucks for that course. Here's 13 bucks for this course on Udemy. There's a lot of those that I've even never gotten to, but giving myself the incentive. So just go try something new, set aside time to say, I'm not doing this other stuff. I'm going to find something that's like, what's the, the phrase that sets your soul on fire. Yeah. Find that thing. And you'll never want to go back to that routine ever again. Not the routine, you know, isn't good because having a routine is good, but you won't want to just kind of go through each day and go to the next day and go to the next day. I go, Every single day, I don't know my calendar until I wake up that morning and say, okay, what do we got going on today? And then, you know, random weekends off, random Mondays off, Fridays off. It's just like, whatever I'm kind of feeling, that's what I'm going to go do. Yeah. So many of us are locked into our calendars, myself included. I mean, I, I do the time blocking and I have my whole calendar color coordinated and, and people look at me like, doesn't this give you anxiety? And I'm actually like, actually, no, it, it gives me freedom because with that calendar, I use booking links and I send it out to everybody. I literally don't have to worry about anything other than just being here in this conversation because everything else is taken care of. And then when I'm on the next part, I don't have to worry about anything but where I am. And I can literally look ahead and be like, you know what? Mine's not as spontaneous. Mine's more looking ahead and say, I might want to take this week off. Yeah. Give myself a break this week. I know, for example, the original date we were supposed to record this podcast, I asked you to reschedule because I was yeah. blocking out that date to move. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And that's the freedom that so many of us look for. And I think that freedom allows us to truly kind of be ourselves. Yeah, it's interesting that blocking out your time actually gives you more freedom, but you're totally right. Like, so my parents have kind of one way of doing business. Not, and it, it's a good way of doing business, but they're always halfway 
thinking about business, no matter what they're doing, whether we're playing games, whether we're watching TV, they've always got the other side of business on their mind. Now, because I block my time and I say from nine to six, that's when I'm working or nine to five or whatever it is that that's day schedule. As soon as that five o'clock hits, as soon as that six o'clock hits, I close my computer. That's it for work. Now I get to enjoy my family time more, my friend time more, enjoy hanging out with my dog more. I'm watching a show because I'm all in on that show. I'm not thinking, do I need to respond to one of my employees? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? It's never half in, half out one way or the other. So when my employees are getting my time, they're getting my full focus right then and there. When my family, my friends, anybody's getting my time that they get the full focus too. And it's so much more rewarding that way. Cause when you're all in the moment, like the serendipity of life happens so much more, you have so much more cool things that just like almost happen coincidentally and just yeah. kind of stumble across things. And you get to really get to live life more than halfway in on everything at once. I think we're spiraling because I see a lot of similarities between us because I'm the person on, on Black Friday where, you know, I've, I've dropped a few hundred bucks on courses. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't really shop Black Friday, but then Black Friday comes and I get the emails of like, you yeah. know, there's a social media marketing course and, he, you know, here's a, a Shopify course and this, the other thing. Yeah. Like, yep. 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 Mm-hmm. I've probably done half of them, <laughs> but always. But you've also done that. half more than everybody else. Because you've Correct. done those, the other half that you have done. And the amazing thing about that, and I'm sure you could probably attest to this, those courses and those, that desire for learning, I imagine that's paid dividends for hypersocial, for the way you live your life and, and the things that you've learned. I imagine that's helped provide some of the freedom you get to enjoy. How has that translated for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of specialists in the world. And I'm definitely a generalist because I've taken so many courses and I've learned and I've had some different jobs and I've gone to school so many times and popped in and out of this. I can speak anybody's language at any time. So anybody who wants to have a conversation with me, I can relate to them. They enjoy the conversation after we have it, (laughs) but I haven't met many people that like after we have a conversation, they would ever say something bad because I can speak their language. I can even like, you know, for sales in the B2B world. I can speak to IT companies. I can speak to security companies. I can speak to marketing firms. I can speak to all this. I don't ever do IT. I don't know crap about IT except I can speak the language. I can I can talk about the bare bones and that gives me an in. That makes me more knowledgeable than most other people on IT, which means that if they're talking to me as a marketing company, if I can speak the IT language, they trust me so much more. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, there's the similarities between us because I've been told you know, you're a jack of all trades and they say a jack of all trades is, is an ace at none, but it's still more most of the deck. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're just missing four cards. You got the other 48. So, yeah. You're still yeah. doing pretty well. And you've spoken about your dog a few times. I want to mention <laughs> Roscoe. Yeah. Give him a little little uh, spotlight. What's his compensation package like and his benefits package being the chief fund officer? That sounds like a great yeah. <laughs> yeah, the amount of treats that dog gets is ridiculous. And because he's going along in a lot of ventures, he went to the highest peak in the US on that. And he absolutely loved it. And he just like, he thrives hiking. Like on that hike, wherever you stay at camp is like 12,000 feet. And you still got to go up another couple thousand feet. Well, he stayed at camp there. And there's, after that's what's called 99 switchbacks, which is literally super high altitude switchbacks. I had to let him off the leash because he just wanted to run ahead. And all of a sudden I got to the, like almost the end of the hike. And there he is like waiting for me. Like, Hey, can you guys like hurry up a little bit? Like I'm trying to hike here today. Yeah. Uh, so he gets to do a lot of that. As we're out West, there's all these squirrels that live in the ground. 
he just goes and spends hours trying to, you know, wreck their homes, <laughs> a literal home wrecker. He's got a lot of a lot of packages um, that's there. He has his own social media. Anything that we get, always a piece goes goes to him, of course. Yeah. So what has I guess what has Roscoe taught you about life? I think what we talked about, like living in the moment. I think that's I think that's number one. Number two is just Roscoe doesn't care if I'm in a bad mood. He doesn't care if I had a bad day. He doesn't care if I'm not bringing home that much money. He doesn't care what the deal is with me. Roscoe loves me and he loves spending every single moment that he can with me above everything else. And then you don't see Roscoe checking his cell phone. You know, he doesn't have Tinder. He's not out there, (laughs) whatever. He's not spending his time on that. He's just here looking at squirrels, looking at trees, looking at, you know, whatever. And he's happy being where he is, no matter where he is. Yeah. So being here right here with you, Braden, having the the journey with hyper social and how far you guys have come, what's the mission? What's what's the goal? What do you hope that that your clients get from the work that you guys do? Yeah. Really, we are in the business of changing the lives of entrepreneurs and and business owners and, and even salespeople too, who are entrepreneurs in their own right. Our goal is to continue to help our clients who do amazing things and are great at their business, separate themselves from all the noise that's out there, you know, really go and be creative and create these relationships that last them a lifetime and end up in bringing them 10x, 20x, 100x fold on whatever they're spending with us. So our goal is to just enable entrepreneurs and empower them along and be the creative side for those that aren't as creative, but do great work and a lot of other things. Awesome. Checking my notes one last time. I forgot to ask you this question. I know we kind of spoke about it briefly on the warm up, but I wanted to address van life and what made sure. it so appealing. Just because throughout the theme of this episode, I really hope the listeners are gas are grasping the importance of self education for freedom. I mean, I think there's there's so much to say when we start with five time college dropout. Uh, CEO, but also living a life by by your own design, you know that that's a lot of that's a lot of things, and not to put you on a pedestal or whatnot, but that's a lot of things to be envious of. You know, I wish I could spend the weekends mountain biking sometimes, but the obligations I have um, require me to be at a certain time at two a.m. and that's my choice. And I'm happy with it, but for some who might not be happy with it. Um, just the thought process of van life might sound so unorthodox to them. What was the appeal of van life to you? And you mentioned it took you like six months to, to sell your girlfriend on it. What was the sales pitch in the elevator pitch, the abbreviated version? We don't have six months for the episode. <laughs> yeah. So she was getting her master's in animal nutrition at Ohio State. And I was like, you could go on and you could become, you know, you could go do research and whatever it is that you want to do. I'm happy to support all of that. But also, here's your skill set. It's very opposite of my skill set. Imagine if I put both of those skill sets together and built a business. And then what if while we're doing that, we could travel? And luckily she's already into traveling. She's already been to she's been to way more countries than I have. So getting her on the traveling part wasn't so difficult. It was that what if I told you we could do both? Look how we can turn with this van company is going to convert the van for us. What if I told you we could turn our bed into our desk every single day and work from it? What if it could be an office and a bedroom and a living room? So it's kind of just showing her like that 
piece of it. Like, here's how we could do it, walking her through, letting her kind of see and envision it and, and that kind of stuff. That was really the, the sales pitch. Yeah. And then just trying to live a life that by the time we're on our deathbeds, we're looking back with no regrets. We struggled along the way, plenty of arguments. We're going to, you're in a group of vans. So if you have any kind of hard head or any kind of opinion on anything, I mean, you're going, you're going to argue. There's not much escape out there, room for doing your own stuff. So naturally arguments happen. And, uh, but really just by the time we're looking at it, when we're going to be no longer living, did we do, did we live the absolute best life we possibly could? Do we have regrets because we didn't do something? Or do we have like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that as, as the thing that we're looking back on. And that that was really the, sell, the selling point for sure. Yeah. And as someone who's been skydiving twice, you've mentioned jumping out of planes. I've done that as well. And I'm open to doing it again. My wife, not so much. Um, I, I agree with that mindset so much. At some point in time, we are going to look back at our days on this planet and have to decide whether we live the life we wanted to, or if we cautiously went through life to safely arrive at death. And I, I hope that the listeners can look back and see the times that they made themselves uncomfortable a little bit to enjoy um, a little bit more than they thought they were capable of, because there's so much to experience in this world. I still haven't been bungee jumping. I've been mountain biking. I've been um, four-wheeling. I've done all that. So I'm kind of like you, Braden. Well, if you put me in a room full of people, I could probably spark a conversation with all of them and, and, and talk Absolutely. about something. That's and awesome. It makes for a rich life. So many people are like, how can I become more exciting? Do more stuff. Try something and just go out there. Um, yeah. That's our time. But I want to make sure that our audience has a way to connect with you, follow up with you. I know we have a number of entrepreneurs that listen to the to the podcast so if they're looking to elevate their b2b marketing if they're looking to elevate their roi how can they reach out to you get in contact and maybe use some of your services yeah absolutely linkedin's the best way to reach out to me 100 just search for my my name up on linkedin um, you can also search for roscoe he has a linkedin account too so you can find him first and then connect with me so that's that's 100 the best way for sure Awesome. I'll have that link in the show notes. And, and Braden, thank you so much for sharing your story, for kind of depicting to us kind of what is possible when when you kind of just go all in, you know, don't let fear hold you back, commit to learning and self-education and then executing those skills and focusing on what makes us feel alive. Because, and I mean this with the utmost respect, <laughs> if I looked at the resume, would probably not hire you. But sitting down and talking to you, I'd love to work for you. And I hope that kind of comes around full circle and makes sense. So I do appreciate you being on the, on the podcast today, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'll, I'll cry a little bit about the first comment and then kind of work myself back around for how you brought that back around. So uh, it was a lot of fun, Ted. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And I just brought you down to bring you back up. That way you remember right. I brought you up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> to the listeners, as we wrap up, I just want to hit on some of the gems that, that Braden left along the way so I could pick you guys up as well. The importance of self-education. Don't let schooling get in the way of your education. College has its benefits. It has its uses. But there are so many things you can learn outside of college that, quite frankly, college can't teach you. The real world is going to be the best teacher you have. So don't let your degree be the end of your learning. I can enjoy the journey now, 
that was huge because so many of us focus on sacrificing this, sacrificing that. But if, if you're enjoying the work you're doing, are you really sacrificing in that moment? If you enjoy the conversations you have, me and Braden sitting down chatting, we're probably going to chat after we stop recording because I enjoy these conversations. But that is really what I'm focusing on as an income. And if you can focus on what brings you to life as an income, just imagine what your work would be like. And then jump all in, all the way in or all the way out. We hesitate sometimes, and it's the hesitancy that actually causes the failure. I hate to use this depiction, but you ever see the pictures of the folks who jump off the rock into the water? And it's the one that hesitates that gets hurt. It's because they didn't fully commit to the risk that they were going to take. And if you jump wholeheartedly, that water will catch you or that parachute will open. And there is a market for everything. My friend used to flip phones too. There's a lot of skill that you can learn in the real world in terms of how to make money, how to look for deals, do the research, find things and find what they're valued at. And when you can find that deal and resell it, that's a valuable skill to have that I encourage every single one listening and watching to do. And finally, I can speak to so many people. Life is a journey. Life is full of experiences. If you rob yourself of those experiences, you rob yourself of the growth and the development that you can enjoy. So go out there and get all those experiences, learn those skills, grow who you are, and you would be amazed at the amount of doors that open up for you. Guys, thank you so much for making it to the end. Braden, thank you one more time. And as we always say towards the end of the episode, guys, if you enjoyed it, please rate it. Give us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Subscribe because new episodes come out every single week. Share this with a friend who might be stuck in their autopilot and just won't break free from it, but you know they have so many skills and so much value to provide to the world. If this is going to benefit them, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with them. And if you want to support the podcast on a monetary level for as little as $1 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon page where you can hear more from Braden and our other guests and get some extra content there. Guys, thanks for rocking with us. And as we always say at the end of the episode, Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.